Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. What are the lyrics to the song I'm Looking Through You? The Beatles song from the always iconic Rubber Soul from 1965. I believe it goes like, I'm looking through you, where did you go? I thought I knew you, what did I know? You don't look different, but you have changed. I'm looking through you, you're not the same. Your lips are moving, I cannot hear. Your voice is soothing, but the words aren't clear. You don't sound different, but I've learned the game. I'm looking through you, you're not the same. That was an amazing acoustic Paul McCartney number. It's credited to Lennon-McCartney, but by this point in 65, 65-ish, 66, they pretty much had started writing by themselves, and then whoever would take the majority of the song in, then the other would throw in a couple lines or a chord here or there, but pretty much by this point they had started writing by themselves. All right, well, this is definitely not a music podcast. I apologize. This has relevance to this episode. Welcome to the show. Perception is reality. This is episode 62 of the audio podcast. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. Sorry about that little aside there about the Beatles. That does have relevance to this episode. I wish I could have played it but you definitely can't play Beatles songs while podcasting because they will come down and get you. Specifically on iTunes, they will kick your ass right off there in just a quick second. Even if you play half of a second of a Beatles song. Here come Ringo Starr and the attorneys saying, oh, hey, oh, hey, you can't uh, do that. And pew, you no longer have a podcast here at iTunes or any place else for that matter. So that's what I have to do if I ever want to convey a message to you from the Beatles where I would want to use lyrics or a song. I guess I have to just read you the lyrics because you will never hear Beatles music here. However, you should look that song up when you get a moment. It's I'm Looking Through You from 1965's Rubber Soul. Be sure and check out the 2009 remastered version 
It's a great song. All right, folks. So welcome to the show. As always, thanks for giving me a little bit of your time. You're listening to me however you listen on many of the podcast hosting sites like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Please remember to share the episode and share the podcast overall with everyone that you know by word of mouth and social media. Let them know that they can find us on your favorite podcast hosting site, as well as the home station of perception.fireside.fm. All right, so this episode was supposed to be a civics episode, and I guess in a way it kind of is going to be, but I think I am breaking away from that format a little bit. I still do want to talk about local government, state government, you know, what's going on with the governor, and various other elected officials at the state level, as well as at the local level, meaning city, town, and county government. And we will talk about that. We have talked about that. But seeing where we are in the month of December, coming into the second week, we have, at the time of this recording... Just 14 more business days until new administrations take over in a lot of cities, as well as current administrations continue on where they're at. And so with that, I want to take a look at something that I've talked about a lot on this show something that I have said in passing, something that we are supposed to expect, demand, and require, and that's transparency and accountability. A lot of people who will be taking office in January of 2020 have ran on a promise of Renewed transparency, renewed accountability, transparency and accountability for the first time in some places, or total transparency and total accountability. But I want to look at what that means. These are words that I have said for a very long time, and it's something that I demand of officials everywhere because. That's how good government is supposed to work. That's what we, the citizens, are supposed to require. And nothing short of that. On the other side of this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about transparency. We're going to talk about accountability. And we're going to look into the crystal ball a little bit and see what we think we're going to see In 2020, will these new leaders live up to the hype? Will they be able to pull off their campaign promises? Or is it going to be just a lot of the same everywhere we look? You're listening to episode number 62 called I'm Looking Through You, a study of transparency and accountability in the upcoming administrations that will be gearing up for their four-year term starting in 2020. This is Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry, and we'll be right back after this short break. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. 
Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Excuse me while I whip this out. Welcome back, everyone, to this 60-second episode of Perception is Reality. I'm calling it Looking Through You, a study of transparency. Lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. Halt the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. And accountability. Whenever we know that someone's watching, we do a better job. For just about everyone, accountability is helpful. It's more than helpful. So let's do this. The definition of transparency, beyond, like, the scientific aspect of being transparent, clear, positive, being able to be seen through like plastic or glass. From the social sciences and specifically the political aspect, transparency implies openness, communication, and accountability. Transparency in government is generally credited with generating government accountability, which supporters argue leads to reduction in government corruption, bribery, and other malfeasance. So when we're talking about transparency among government, it means letting the citizens be involved with the process, letting them see what's going into the process in which things happen within the government, letting them be aware of meetings, making meetings easy to be attended, making sure meeting minutes are complete in a timely manner so that citizens can pick up copies to read, attempting to put everything out online or running meetings live via live streaming services over social media like Facebook or YouTube or on the city's official webpage. Doing things like that that allow citizens to feel as though they can see what's happening and know where their tax dollars are being spent and know how decisions are being made. It lets people know how companies who do work for cities get the bids that they get. It's these type of steps that make citizens feel as though their government is transparent and that they have an understanding of what goes on behind the scenes. You know, how they say how the sausage is made. It's that type of behavior that we want to push for in government. We want the government to be as transparent as possible. A lot of how citizens are treated during public meetings is looked at when you're talking about transparency. Do they give citizens the time and the respect to say their piece to get their concerns or their questions or their thoughts or their ideas out on the record to the officials? Or do they attempt to shut them down and to quiet them? And do they try to not answer their questions? Or do they not show any interest in what the citizens are saying? Those are steps that are taken to not be as transparent. 
So along with transparency and governmental transparency, we also have accountability, which I've talked about. Of course, we all know what these words mean. They're just basic words with basic definitions. But it's important to really examine them when we're looking at government and being citizens who are attempting to better government through citizen involvement. So accountability, for those that may have questions is the condition of being responsible and being open, having a public respect for the job that you hold and saying, yes, I take credit or I take the blame for what's happening as a public official. Accountability in ethics and governance is accountability is answerability. The blameworthiness, liability, and the expectation of account giving. As an aspect of governance, it has been central to the discussion related to problems in the public sector, nonprofit, and private and individual contexts. I've given these definitions before, but what I want to do tonight is apply these words and what we think of these words because they might mean something different to you than they mean to me. But overall, as a community, as a group of people who live, work, or play in an area, we all, we don't have to have the same opinion. We don't all have to have that, but we have to have a pretty much similar idea of what we're shooting for. Meaning, you could be Democrat, I can be Republican. We can have different policy or ideological issues. We can both want to have an understanding of where tax dollars are going, of what the budget is, of which council members vote for which ordinances or resolutions. We can want to both see the minutes and getting all of that information and the government being transparent or being accountable in the fact that they're saying, yes, we will allow you both Republican and Democrat to voice your concerns during a meeting, or we will allow you both to see the minutes because that's only right, because that's the kind of government that we are living under, living in, around, about, throughout. And so it's a nonpartisan issue as far as that goes. Now, you will have people who are willing to give up some of that, and you will have people who are willing to fight to the end for these. And so you have to decide where you fall. I will always believe, I will always believe that the elected officials are public servants. That means they are servants to the public. That means citizens are the authority. I was having a conversation with a person just today, and I heard them or witnessed them say, you know, the elected officials are the authorities, or you're not in an authority to say this or that. And I thought, that's the wrong way to look at it. That is not correct at all. As a citizen voter, as a member of the public, 
I am the authority. You are the authority. You listening to this, we as a collective are the authority. We are the boss, and we can demand this or that or change. And if it doesn't go the way that we want, well, then we have the power to change that by voting. So if we elect a mayor, if we elect a state representative, if we elect a president, look, this is going on in the impeachment situation with Trump right now. You have people saying, why are we going through this process? We are less than a year out from an election. Let's let the election handle this. And there are people on both sides of that argument. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but I'm using it to explain. As the citizens, if we don't like something that a candidate who has become an official, has done, when they're up for re-election, we just don't vote them back into that office. That's pretty simple. So one thing that we need to try to look for before they even get into that spot is their platform. What are they running on? Are they talking about being transparent are they talking about being accountable to the citizens? Are they talking about trying to clean up corruption? Are they talking about wanting to take the city or the county or the town in, or the state or the country in a better direction than what it currently is? Because if they're talking about those things, and those things are their talking points, their stump speeches, that's their platform, then when these people are in office and they don't live up to those expectations, then that's when accountability comes into play. Because you can say, hey, wait a minute. You ran on accountability and transparency. And what we're seeing doesn't seem so transparent. It doesn't seem as though you're living up to your promises. And we want to ask you what's going on. Now, they might say, well, I'm just one vote on a council. Or I'm a Republican mayor and I have a full Democrat council or a Democrat majority, or I'm a Democrat mayor with a Republican majority. And that does factor into it. And then you have to look at the individual aspects. And what I mean by that is, if you have, let's take a city councilor, for example. Say I run for city council of Winchester. And I'm a Republican. And I say, I'm going to run on the promise that every action that we take, I will inform the public, I will post it on social media, I will hold town halls, I will do live videos, I will make sure that the majority of the citizens that want to know what's happening will know what's happening. Meaning, if you're a citizen and you don't know what's going on, you have purposefully 
tried to avoid what's happening because I would get it out there. I will talk to you. You can call me. You can stop me in the street. You can stop me at the store. And I will be beholden to you. I will represent the majority of you all. And so, say I'm in office, and the first meeting, they come and say, we're going to put this drug rehab in. And the citizens start speaking out against this, and I start doing my homework, and I start researching, and I start asking questions of my fellow counselors, and of the mayor, and of the attorneys, and of the rehab facility, and I start talking to the citizens. Foremost, most important. And I find out that the citizens have an issue. Well then it's my job to fight that. Now, I can show up at every meeting, and I can vote it down. I can be the vote of no at every meeting. I can be the counselor who allows citizens to speak. I can be the counselor that has it out with the mayor and my fellow counselors and the attorneys. But in the end of the day, when the vote occurs, if it's a three-person council, if it's a five-person, a seven-person, a nine-person, or beyond, I might just be one vote. And say, for example, it's a five- or a nine-person council. If I vote no, and the other four or the other eight vote yes... Well, then the rehab is coming. But the citizens will know that I fought for them. So even though it comes to town and it's something that everybody did not want, they will know that I fought for them. Now, I'm not talking about running and I will not be running. I'm just using that as an example. Because... It's different than if you have five or nine council members and the rehab is coming and the citizens say, no, no, we don't want this. And all five or nine council members don't do their homework. No one really listens to the citizens. If they do listen to the citizens, they'll either do one thing and say one thing and then they'll act a different way at the vote or they just don't do anything at all, and then it passes, and you didn't have anyone standing up for what the citizens truly wanted, well, then all of those council members should be voted out. There are times when you will lose what you want as a citizen because of the vote, because it's majority vote, you know, five to four, three to two passes. And if you're on that two side, if there are three yeses and two no's or four yeses and one no, it will still happen. But at least you'll know as citizens, hey, this council member was at least fighting for us. So that's a person that you want to keep in there. Well, the reason I bring this up is because 
when you elect new people, you have really no idea of what they're going to do till they get in there. So you have to keep an eye on them once they get in. It's good to have hope. It's good to be optimistic, but it's better to be cautiously optimistic. Just because someone says, I'm going to fight for you, and I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to do blah, 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 X, Y, and Z, that doesn't mean anything until they get in there and you see them in office. Because once people's in office, and it's really going through the motions, then you see what's really happening. And so that's why it's important to follow your vote. Okay, I voted for these people. They're now in office. I need to make sure they're living up to what they said they were going to do. Sometimes officials do, and sometimes officials don't. That's just the nature of the beast. It's kind of what happens, and everybody needs to be aware of that. Right now in Winchester, we have a gentleman who's getting ready to take the office of the mayor in just a few short weeks. And I still don't know if he's going to be a full-time or part-time mayor. That's something that I would have liked to have got an answer to back before the election, but he refused to answer questions. So now we have to wait until January 1st, and if he's a full-time mayor, I'll say, great, wonderful. If he's a part-time mayor because he's still working a full-time job, then it's my duty and it's the citizen's duty and it's your duty to fight out about that and to say, wait a minute, this is not what we wanted. This is not what you were elected to do. When you're the mayor of the community, you need to be the mayor of the community. We live in a community that requires a full-time mayor, and so that's what must happen. In the city of Muncie, you have a whole plethora of candidates that ran on this idea of cleaning the city up. No more nepotism. No more jobs to best buddies. No more family getting bids. No more corruption. No more dirt. No more theft. No more FBI investigations. No more crime among the ranks of our elected officials. I have no reason not to believe any of the people who ran on that platform other than the fact that literally everyone else who's ever ran in the history of ever, anywhere, ever in the world has always ran on the platform of I'm going to be better than the person before me, and I'm going to clean it all up, and no more corruption, and I'm going to be the end-all, be-all, and you'll all love me. And then they get in office, and they have been turds just like everyone else has been. So, I don't have any reason not to believe these specific candidates turned officials-elect. However, I'm going to approach this with a little bit of caution and erring on the side of skepticism because that's how a smart citizen 
would approach their government. When you have people telling you that they're going to be transparent and accountable, then you, as the citizen, specifically in this point, in the interim period, you need to be asking, what does that look like? What does that mean? So here are some good questions that I have just for all sorts of officials. This is for the people of Muncie, and it's not for the people of Muncie. It's for the people of Winchester, and it's not for the people of Winchester. It's for Union City and Indianapolis and any place else. All right. Dear officials-elect, with a couple weeks left, here's what I want to know. What steps are you taking to be transparent? You are no longer campaigning. I don't want to hear any rhetoric. I now want to hear specific actionable plans. Are you going to live stream meetings? Yes or no? If you do live stream meetings, will it be on a website? Will it be on Facebook? Will it be on YouTube? Will that start day one? How are you going to proceed with your interactions with your citizens? What steps are you going to take to ensure that citizens know they are the ones that are leading how the city policy must happen? I want to know what major changes in the city or in the county, or in the town that you're planning to make. I don't think that people realize that it's not a problem to ask these people what kind of changes they're making. When they've been saying for the last 11 months of a campaign, I'm going to change all of this and a lot of stuff's going to be different. I think it's smart for citizens (laughs) at some point, you know, I always say it's better before you vote, but at least at some point, citizens should say, hey, what kind of changes are you planning on making? You know, it's important to know, are there changes coming to the police department? Major, broad, sweeping changes. Are there major changes coming to the fire department? Are there major changes coming to the street department? Are there major changes coming to the wastewater and the, you know, the sanitary district or the wastewater treatment plant, whichever way it is, whatever kind of city you live in, second class, third class, whatever. What type of changes are you looking at? There's no reason not to announce these because... You're it. It's not like something can be redone. It's not like something can be changed. Come hail or high water, unless the good Lord comes back, you're taking office January 1st. And so it doesn't matter if you say something that people don't really like. It's too bad because you're taking office. The only reason there would be to not announce what your major broad sweeping plans would be is because you're truly not planning on being transparent. 
or you're going to be accountable as long as it's on your terms, which is not really accountability. And again, I'm not saying this with any specific candidate in mind or the flip side of that, I'm saying this with every specific candidate slash official in mind. So if you're getting ready to be the mayor of Muncie, if you're getting ready to be the mayor of Union City, if you're getting ready to be the mayor of Portland, or if you're getting ready to be the mayor of Winchester or Richmond or Newcastle or Indy, I'm talking to you. I'm not being adversarial. I'm not being rude. I'm not being a dick. I'm just asking you a legitimate question. Because there are some of you who look different. There are some of you who have changed. You know, it always happens, inevitably. You always have three types of people in the same person. You have candidate running for mayor. You have mayor-elect such and such, and then you have mayor such and such. And so if you really are being transparent and things are going to be different and good and all for the up and up, then there should be no change and candidate so-and-so, mayor-elect so-and-so, and mayor so-and-so should all be very close to the same person. If not, if there's a change from candidate to mayor-elect, which oftentimes there is, I have to ask myself why that is. Why the change? Why the change? You know, I'm going to tell you. I think the city of Muncie is in for big changes. Some of them are going to be great. Some of them, time's going to have to tell. It's going to be interesting to see. I really feel that the city of Winchester is in for some major changes. I'm really worried about things that will be facing the city of Winchester as time progresses over the next year. Union City? I don't really know what's going on there. They are in need of a big change. It seems like even though the mayor is not up for taking his seat in 2020, there is a new sheriff in town as far as the mayor is concerned. But I'm hearing that this mayor-elect is the hand-picked successor of the current mayor. So it doesn't seem like you know, things are going to be that much different. But you have to understand, it's never wrong to ask questions. And if someone's telling you that it's wrong to ask questions, then you have to question what that person's motive is. Where is their mind? What are they trying to do? Why is it a problem that you're exercising your First Amendment right to ask questions of your elected officials. I just want to get people to the point where they understand 
that knowledge is the key. And until you have a full, massive grasp on what's going on, it's specifically important for you to ask questions. It doesn't matter if people think that the questions are dumb. It doesn't matter if you might be a little embarrassed. Ask them. Ask them. Get your questions out. Because this stuff is as serious as it gets. Look, the people that were elected just a month ago will be in power for four years. And so we need to have a good understanding of who we're dealing with. Because let's face it, during a campaign, the candidate is telling you everything good about them. It's telling you everything wonderful and is trying to sell themselves to you. Their supporters are pushing them. Oh, this person's such a wonderful person. He is so amazing. She is so wonderful. They're going to do this and that and X, Y, and Z. And that's great. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're campaigning. I've worked on plenty of campaigns. It's part of the game. But it's that point that the regular, everyday citizens have to get an understanding of what's really going on. Because once you're deep into the term and the campaign is no longer going on, you need to know who this person is. All the good, the bad, the warts, and all. You know, it's like a marriage. You made a commitment with this person. This person made a commitment with you. You know, it's for better or worse for the next four years until election do us part. It's important to try to flesh that out as early as possible because you need to understand where you stand. Because... Sitting back and waiting for it to happen to you is how you get in the position of complacency and they start to run amok. And I'm not pointing this again at any person, any candidate, any office, or any city. I'm just speaking in generalities. And it's truthful. It's 100% truthful. And so that's why... It's important during these transition days, these transition weeks, when the one government that's currently in power in your community is fading out and the new administration is fading in, that you get an understanding of where everybody stands. And sometimes that can be seen as not being supportive or changing your mind about how you feel or I don't know. I don't know what people in those positions look at it as. I really don't care because it's just part of being a good citizen who wants the best for your community, who is trying to keep everybody on the up and up, specifically in a community like Muncie, where since the beginning of time we've been dealing with corruption, and for the last four years there have been FBI investigations going on, 
and we have daily reports of something going on here or something going on there or something seems amuck and so i don't blame anyone for questioning what's happening matter of fact if you're not a little leery i would be concerned with what you're playing at you also have to keep in mind that right now everybody and their brother is wanting something from all of the elected officials everybody's wanting to be close to them everybody's wanting to touch them everybody's wanting to know them and so you're going to be up against that it is what it is but it's important to know because you know we're in the age of the keyboard warrior we are in the age of the social justice warrior and if you're not conservative enough or you're not liberal enough or if you're this or that you're racist or you're sexist or you're a bully or you're making fun of mentally handicapped people which is all a bunch of bullshit all the way down everything i just named no i'm not racist no i'm not sexist no i'm not a bully Yes, I'm going to ask questions. Yes, I'm going to push my belief. No, I don't ride the fence. That's the other thing. We need to get the fence riders out of Dodge. The fence riders need to leave the arena. Leave this to the people who have the guts. Look, it's politics, folks. Anything you say, if you're not riding the fence, is going to be agreed on by 50% of the population and the other 50% will not like what you say. So specifically, if you're outspoken and you're asking questions and you're standing on your belief, yeah, you're probably going to get people pissed at you. But you know what? I'd rather be honest and truthful than riding the fence and safe and lying. Who wants to do that? Nobody wants to do that. Nobody. And so, it is what it is. Now, in wrapping up on this before I go into my next topic here real quick before we wrap the show up, I just want to say this. To all the candidates that won in November, whether you were voted on by me or not, whether I supported you or not, you are where you are now. I wish you the very best. I pray for you. I want everything to go right. I want everything to go smooth. And I wish you the absolute best. That being said, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to make sure that you're transparent. And I'm going to praise you when you deserve praise. And I'm going to hold your feet to the fire when you deserve that. And if you need to be asked a softball question, I'll ask you a softball question. And if I need to ask you a tough question, I'm going to ask you a tough question. And I'm going to treat you like I would treat anyone else with respect and dignity. And if or when you are deserved to be treated less than that, You'll know it, and we'll deal with that then. 
but you don't get anything easy because I'm a Republican and you're a Republican. If someone's a Democrat and you're a Democrat, you shouldn't get an easy question because of that. And we should both work to do the best for the communities that we're in. That doesn't mean it's going to be all doom and gloom and hate and horrible and craziness. I want it to be as nice and easy as anything can be. But sometimes politics isn't that way. Sometimes that's not the real world. But I will do whatever I have to do to ensure transparency and accountability. And as long as you are an elected official who believes in transparency and accountability within city government, then we are already on the right side of things and things will be good. If you are someone who is in this position to help your friends out, to help just the people who worked on your campaign team out and to fight against your enemies or people who will dare question you, then we are already at odds and you haven't even taken office yet and you are not even aware of the fight that you'll have on your hands over the next four years. But I don't expect anybody to be that way, so everything should be good. Time will tell, but don't be that official who was... One way as your candidate, another way as the candidate-elect, and then a new way as the actual official. Don't go disappearing on me. I don't want you to change. You know, like that Beatles song says, I'm looking through you. Where did you go? I don't want you to disappear. I don't want you to be different. I want you to be you. I want to shake your hand and know you are who you said you are. And you will be who you will say you will be. And if that's the case, then everything will be just fine. Okay, so real quick in wrapping up before we go, because we're just about out of time, I want to take just a few moments and say this. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll always say it. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is key because it keeps you informed of what's going on. It keeps you informed of what you can do. It keeps you informed of what you can't do. It keeps you informed of what your officials can and can't do. And it makes sure that you know what you're talking about. I need to talk about a specific situation real quick, but it's relevant because it's how I approach everything. There is a person who doesn't like me because she supports someone that I haven't supported. She's not friends with me on social media. I don't tag her in my posts. I don't send these audio podcasts to her. Yet, she seeks me out. She goes out of her way to find my social media posts. She comments on nearly everything that I write. She comments on all of my video posts. She finds where I am in various groups to comment. And every time she does this, she does so just to fight. She doesn't ever get on and say, hey, what a great day. She gets on to say the exact opposite of what I've just said. And I'm telling you, I don't care if you like it or if someone likes this or doesn't like it. I am going to fight fire with fire every time. You might say, well, be the bigger person, walk away. I'm sorry, that's just not my style. I'm here, I'm giving a commentary, 
I'm providing a service. You don't have to like it. We don't have to agree. I've covered all that before. But I'm not going to be pushed around by somebody who I've went out of my way to not be in front of. If you are seeking me out just to fight me, then you're going to get the fight. So it's not being bullying. It's not being mean. It's not this or that. It's just I'm not putting up with bullshit because I don't say things that I don't research that aren't right that aren't correct. I'm not riding the fences. I'm not playing games. This is serious to me. And it will continue being serious to me. And I need people to understand that. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. And we can agree to disagree. But I'm just telling you, I'm going to be me. And that's how it's going to be. Please respect that. You know, just tell her or anyone else to quit screwing with me. That's all that has to be said. That's all that has to be said. You're listening to Perception is Reality. This is episode 62. I'm looking through you. My name is Christopher H. Bilberry, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, that's going to do it for this episode 62. I'm looking through you of the audio podcast, Perception is Reality. Remember, you can find us everywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio Public, and many, many more, along with the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Please help increase the platform, bring listeners to the show, tell everyone you know by word of mouth and social media. Remember, stay informed, stay active, and stay involved. And until next time be safe and god bless you've been listening to perception is reality with christopher h bilbrey Bilbrey. tune in like and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm hook up on facebook at facebook.com backslash bilbrey 318 and on twitter at p-i-s-r bilbrey email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.